Hello? Hi, Merlin, man. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hi. Can I ask you a question? Please do. Why does it sound like you're speaking into a colander? Hi. Hi. Now, see, then, if we do it too much, <laughs> it's funny. If you do too much, it just gets funnier. Hi. Hi. My name is Merlin Mann. Hi. My name is Merlin Mann. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Have you ever had too much paper in your hand? Before you answer, let me ask you another question. <laughs> Have you ever had too much paper in your hand that you weren't really enjoying? Hi. Can I ask you a question? If you had to put something down right now, do you know where it would go? Hi. Can I ask you? <laughs> it's good. No, no. It is. No, see, this is what happens, and this is why Lauren Michaels is literally ruining everything. <laughs> do you know about this? No. Well, or, or I don't. I don't know what he's done recently. <laughs> Well, he, he demands, I, I guess, I guess he's constantly looking for like what's going to be the next repeating annoying character that makes everybody dread when it comes on Saturday Night Live. And then he can turn it into some movie that nobody goes to. I think this guy's goofy. I think he's got like he's got Lucas problems. That was his old shtick, I thought. I didn't know that he was still doing that. I think so. I I don't watch the Saturday Night Live like I used to, but... um. I mean, like, uh, what's her name, Kristen uh, Wiig or whatever? Like, I, I love her so much. Like, she's so great. But apparently, she's responsible for, like, five different characters that make people want to, like, kill their cat. Mm. And so they've retired some of those. But she's deeply talented. Deeply talented. And I don't know about that Lauren Michaels guy. You know, a lot of these guys, the thing is, running a revolution is not the same thing as, as having a, a cogent government. And I think that's the problem. I think you get big, and then you get goofy. You know? Look at Noriega. Not too long. He's not a great looking guy. Did he, now, did he pass? Noriega? Noriega. Noriega. I think they, okay. yeah, didn't they put him into, uh, put him into prison and then he, he's still, I believe he's still alive. Didn't they play like really loud Guns N' Roses to make him leave somewhere? It was something like that. Hmm. They what did would you play, do? they did if play If you had to get music. Manuel Noriega out of a building, what would you play? <laughs> Be honest. Don't overthink it. What would you do? <laughs> uh, Panama by Van Halen. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> he'd want to get out and dance? Yeah. Huh. It'd be calling his name. That's his home, homeland. I can't, there's not that many songs. I don't know. Maybe that ice cream paint job song. I can only take so much of that. But like, I'm just trying to think. Like, like Macarena, I could listen to that song a lot. <laughs> Good you now. Dum, dum, dum with something Macarena. Something, something, something Macarena. I don't know how to do the dance. You know, Doofenshmirtz does the dance at one point. I don't know what's happened to me, Dan. In two weeks, two weeks, two weeks ago, I didn't know what Phineas and Ferb was. Uh, and that's the day it's, changed, it's already changed my welcome life. Welcome to my world. <sighs> the downside the is, is, is it's likely that you will like it much more and much longer than your child does, regardless of how much your child likes it right now. Hmm. We but watched the movie, the Second Dimension one, and oh, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't love it. Hmm. Not, like, not like I love the shows. I liked seeing Baby Perry. That almost made me cry. It was so cute. Did you get my ringtone? I sent you a ringtone. I, I did see the ringtone. This is a ringtone of uh, the sound that uh, Perry the Platypus makes. Yeah, I, I, I can't. My daughter, she's hers is terrible, but it's kind of like a... That's not right. That sounds like, that sounds like a Mucinex commercial. Man, I do not like commercials about mucus. I, I'm not even that against mucus. But I just hate walking around Walgreens and then you hear this. 
you know, mucus reduction pro. Oh, do it again. Do it again. Do it. All right. Hang on. Hang on. It's. That's the one. That's the one. He's so cute. He is cute. Yeah. So so sometimes he's just paired the platypus, but then he hits a different like secret chamber thing and he becomes Agent P. Hmm. You know what I love about it? I love I love that, it, that every show is almost the same. I, I hate that about almost every other show like that, but I love that about this show. Yeah. I think it's a riot. It's a laugh a regular laugh riot. It's a laugh riot, and I, I, I just think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's delightful. And Perry, boy, that Perry. Mm. Anyway, her impersonation of it is appalling. All she really does, you can't see what I'm doing, but imagine that I'm just kind of gritting my teeth and moving them a little bit with my lips open. That's her. <laughs> you, didn't you send me a video of that? I did. I did yeah. send you a video of that. I couldn't tell. I couldn't hear anything during that part, so I, I felt like I was missing out. We're gonna probably have to pay for a lot of private school for her. <laughs> like extremely private school, <laughs> like schools that it's like, you know, like that you go to those hip bars, you know, in the meatpacking district, we're going to have to find a school that, she, that is so small and specialized that she can literally barely fit in the door. It's almost, it's almost like the foam cases that they, they, they put Jesse the Yodel and Cowgirl in. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be such a specific school. She needs a lot of help, Dan. <laughs> can I just say we'll start with platypuses? Yeah. <laughs> I sound I sound a little bit like a cheap bong. <laughs> yeah. All right. I asked the jackals what they want us to talk about. Now, I, can I just clarify, Dan, that this is your show? I'm always happy to talk or not talk about anything you want to talk or not talk about. Oh, this is my show? This is your show. I thought this I feel like this is your show. <sighs> I have I have 47 text messages from, since yesterday afternoon to try and schedule this show. This is your show. I'm here. I'm here because I'm like, you know what I am? I'm like Frank. You know, what time and what do I wear? I show up. Maybe I hit somebody. <laughs> That's right. But I'm like, uh, you know, you're the, you're the Jerry. I'm the Frank. Uh-huh. No, wait. No, which one are you? If you're in the Rat Pack, who would you be? Don't answer. That's boring. Um, I asked the Jackals what we should talk about. And I got a bunch of good responses. Now, A, do you want to just blow all this off and just screw the jackals and just talk about something like... like well, let's, uh, let's hear what they said first. Well, I captured a little bit of this, and there's some good ones. Uh, do you want to hear a few? Yeah. I, I've got it's to like just pulling teeth I, to get it out of you. I got to, ah, it's hard. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> mm. hmm. Waiting for that. Hmm. Um, oh, I, tried, I tried a new chili dog today. Big, big, big mistake. <laughs> These guys, Dan, uh, you should get your buddy uh, Chart Boy to do something on these guys. I mean, they are, they're like, uh, whew, they're like Nokia. Nokia? They're like the, the Nokia of dogs. Every week, it's just literally getting three times worse. And I keep buying, because last week, remember I had sugar issues last week? Oh, yeah. Well, that was and every week. Had, huh? That was every week. That was a tough week. Tough week, big week. And I, I was having, not every week. Wait a minute. Uh, and this week, I got something called the Dirty South. <laughs> You ever order something called a Dirty South? No. I mean, like, we might as well order, like, something called, like, the Filthy Jizz Biscuit. Like, what was I thinking? Oh, yes, please. Could I have the Dirty South with a big dog? And they gave it to me. And I opened it up, and it looked like... It, and, uh, it was kind of like a crime scene, but it was the kind of thing where they couldn't even show the crime scene. Like, unless it was, like, one of those Japanese movies. But it was bad, Dan. You got you got a meat you got a meaty chili, yeah, and it's got coleslaw. And uh, I don't know what these hot dogs are made out of, but anyway, I got the sugars there. I had a coke. Uh, I got I got some water, 
and uh, I had an ibuprofen, so I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, these are just some samples. First of all, can we just get this out of the way, Dan? Mm. You know how people don't like when we talk about uh, text editors and Markdown? Like, yes. Do you know how they really, really, really don't like that? Yes. Okay, now, you read the emails. People really don't like that, right? That, it, seems, it seems unanimous. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my head, that's how people feel about Florida, okay? In my head. Can I just say, it keeps coming up, Florida. People want us to talk about Florida. You know who wants us to talk about Florida? Can I tell you? Can I tell you in three words or possibly one word? Josh the Oak. Amongst many oh. other people, they would like us to talk about Florida. I just want you to diary that for a moment. I'm going to do these quickly. Just some guy says, uh, how to deal with sacrifices to be made in pursuit of a dream. How do you manage scarcity? Oh, that was good. Uh, Jason R. Barry uh, says, uh, <laughs> we should do a show that he is calling, a, you have to bleep this, a B-I-T-C-H session on how Google is, quote unquote, screwing the pooch. Sorry, you're going to have to bloop uh, pooch. He says that would be <laughs> cathartic. Because I'm, 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 I'm madder than, a, than, than, a, than a, a sack of castrated dogs about this whole Google thing. Yeah. Oh boy, am I mad about Google. Uh, my, my internet friend, uh, Dave, Relaxatorium, he says, uh, what if you take uh, initiative and wind up with new responsibilities, but you have to get a bunch of new skills in a hurry? I think that's very interesting. These are all very specific. Skills so. in a hurry. Skills in a hurry. Ha, can I ask you a question? <laughs> are you happy with the skills in your pants right now? <laughs> Let me ask you another question. Before you answer, what if you had larger pants but smaller skills? Is there a chance <laughs> your skills are just too large and your pants are unanimous? Hi. Can I ask you a question? Could you find thirty nine ninety five if you had to before you answer? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have a couch? Have you ever worn a couch? Have you ever found coins inside of a couch that you're wearing? <laughs> Hi. Please watch this short video to understand some of the elements of micro habits. Hi. Do you own a hammock? <clears throat> Shane Baker, who goes... Becker? Excuse me. Strike that. Shane Becker. Shane Becker. Am I pronouncing that right? Shane. Uh, who goes by Vegan Straight Edge. Says that uh, if you're guaranteed not to fail, what would you do? which I think is a super interesting topic. Uh, my internet friend, Jimmy Marks, uh, who is uh, Twitter handle Jimmy Marks, says, I want to show about constructive versus destructive envy. I think it'd be very good for you, Dan. Um, John, <laughs> I've been wanting to do a show on passive aggression, but I guess that'll just have to be okay. Uh, John Mitchell, who at first I had thought was Joni Mitchell, and I got a little bit of a semi, uh, who is not Joni Mitchell. Uh, prob- probably owns a dulcimer, nevertheless. Uh, would like us to go to town on the tech press on how na- and how nasty and expedient it is. I don't know if I would have said expedient, but that's a good topic. <laughs> and then my friend uh, Richard Anderson, you know who this is? Richard Anderson, I shouldn't say his real name. Strike that. Richard A. Richard A. says we should talk about getting unstuck, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Sacrifices, Google, pooch screwing, new skills in a hurry, guaranteed not to fail, micro pants, constructive envy, wearing a couch, Florida, tech press, getting stuck. Or we just literally start the show over. Um, this is this is good. I say we like, can keep going. Should this. we do all of them? Should we just keep reading things from the internet? Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you serious? No. All right. Perry is normally found acting like a mindless platypus in front of his owners, Ferb and Phineas. He's also serious while not undercover, even in front of Major Monogram, when he does anything silly. Boy, he's with Kia sites. He need to let anybody write for these. Huh. Jimmy Wales. Um, I, I, I'm fine with all of those. What do you want to do? We'll start, we'll start the show in a minute, right? Yeah, I like those. 
I like those, and I like the theme. You know, I like the theme in a lot of these because it's, it's a, the, the the whole horse crap theme of our of our whole show. Though, is there's a, there's a whole element in, in these of uncertainty and um, uncertainty about like hmm, I don't know quite how to put this, but there's that just feeling that you carry around with you of like not even being sure quite what it is that you're not sure about. And you know what I mean? And that goes to the expertise stuff that goes to all this other stuff, setting aside the Google stuff and the tech press stuff, like getting unstuck. Well, getting unstuck is, is a problem because we may not even be sure why we're stuck. Right. Uh, the problem of uh, how do you get a bunch of new skills in a hurry? Well, you may not know what, what even what skills you really need. You know what skills you need like today, but you, it's hard to know what skills you're going to need to actually survive. That's the whole point of being promoted. It's really hard. Um, Guaranteed not to fail. I'm always intrigued by that topic. I think that's putting it very strongly, but I've, I've always been really interested in um, the idea of what if you had more than you thought to get started on something really cool? I think we've kind of talked about that mm. before. I think that's good. Do, do you have a thought on this? Are you watching what the jackals say in the jackal room? I'm, I'm watching it. But they're, they're probably not. just speaking in that, in that, in that weird click language. Auto, autodidact says getting unstuck, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They speak in like one of those click languages. Oh, like in that uh, in the Kalahari, right? Like with the Coke bottle movie. Yeah, I saw that movie recently. Um, it seems recent. It was probably fifteen to seventeen years ago. Okay, that's pretty recent. Did you notice? Is it just me, or right before every cut, right before every edit, it suddenly speeds up inexplicably right before the cut? Did you notice that? <laughs> it does a little. <laughs> It's really weird. I do I mean, remember they have that. A bad, what's that called? The Steenburgen, the Steinberger, one of those film editing machines. I think it's called the Mary Steenburger. <laughs> Steen, the steamroller. Film students, help us out. The, Hashtag Interrobang. Is it basing or a basinger? And I think I'm having a stroke. I cannot eat any more Dirty South. Dirty South is off the menu. It might be the slaw. Boy, it's revolting, Dan. You open it up, and it, and it, and it just looks like something went horrible. It looks like medical medical waste. It looks like something that should be in a metal bag. <laughs> Man, you ever see those things that hang on uh, doors outside of clinics and it's like for urine samples and, and poo and stuff and they have a sign on there that's like, this is literally just full of urine and poo. There's no money in this. <laughs> Every time I see that, I keep thinking there's probably somebody who's still going to check it anyway. You know what I mean? It's like the no radio thing on your car. <laughs> it could be a psych out. Oh, urine and poo. Darn it. <laughs> I wish I read signs. Good week? It's a big week. Oh, man. Has this ever been a ha huge week? It's been so big. I like all of these, Dan. Pick one. Or just, uh, we, could, we could talk a little about Florida, but that, 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 is that really a show? I want to get prepared for the Florida show. I want to get prepared. I don't okay. feel okay. ready. Have you finished the book? The Florida book? It's done. Yeah. yeah. 400 pages. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how emotional Florida is. You know, it took, it, took, it, took, it took Florida, for a long time, Florida would just eat on the grass. It took Florida years just to even figure out what kind of furniture to get. <laughs> you know? They're still trying to figure out how to start a school in Florida. <laughs> They've tried. They bought some seats. They, they put people there. It turns out they had the wrong maps. Uh, I could do the whole show just on Publix. Oh, brother. Oh, I miss me some Publix. Now, you worked at the Publix. You were a bagger. That we call it a bag boy. I was a, a bag boy. What were you? What were you called? Bag boy. Mm-hmm. Until like <laughs> until I got promoted to part part time. They're allowed to call themselves that. <laughs> Hot bagging. They call it. That's, that's true. <laughs> okay, let's start over. Um, 
I think, yes, I think we should wait for Florida. I'd love to go to town. So let me just address some of these very quickly. Google, I don't know what the hell's going on at Google. The, what, the what's your beef? What's your beef right now with Google? What do you mean? I don't know, dude. Like, what's your I, beef? You know, I don't follow the, the tech headlines. I'm not that into all of that stuff, but it just seems like every time I turn around, something's getting stupider with stuff that I use on Google. And like what? What are you talking about? Well, like the way they changed Google Reader, like I can deal with the way everything looks different, but it's just, this is super boring. So let's make this really fast. But I mean, clearly their strategy, it appears, is to drive everything to basically, if you can imagine Google as a giant toilet that has this hole that stuff goes down, like that's plus one. And they just want everything to be pushing toward that hole. It's just that all this great stuff that used to be these islands of fun and interesting stuff and true innovation in the true sense of the word. There's all this stuff. Now, now, granted, that caused a lot of dilution in their efforts, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff where they went, why did we spend, you know, why do we spend cycles on Google sets or whatever? Although I thought it was kind of cool. Like you get that all that lab stuff must have been a distraction on some level. But, but it's like, you know, Mean Dad came in now and now everything's going to be about this BS Google Plus thing. Now, you use the Google Plus. You like it, elements of it a lot, right? I mean, I like it because of in, in the one way that it I feel it improves on Twitter, and that is it's much easier to ask a question or start a discussion and get lots of people's responses to it in one place the way that you might have with comments on a website, except it can be stand it can be standalone. You can do a, a micro post of, of some kind and tons of people will be able to reply and it's all right there. Whereas if you ask people a question on Twitter, you'll get responses. They'll come in over a period of days, hours or days or longer, and you've got to use search tools and other things, and the tweets are gone, and they roll off the thing, and then you're scrolling and scrolling, and it's just a mess. Whereas Google+, Plus, it's a, it's a much better place to share things and be be part of that kind of conversation, I think. Are you able to find, filter, gather, and whatever information in ways that are satisfying, is that kind of how you use the circle stuff? Yes, but not in that order. Well, that that's the thing. I mean, this is a, this is one of my beefs with everything starting with email, is that there's a, a whole lot of things in the world where it makes it very, very easy and fun to make something. But A, that doesn't mean the thing that you make is any good. And B, it doesn't mean anybody's going to find it for anything useful. And And to your point about Twitter, yeah, it's super frustrating to me how everything just slides off the, you know, uh, the table after five days. Um, but ditto here, like if, if you're trying to, like, if you wanted to go out and find information about, um, like what kind of toaster to buy, would you have, apart from going to, you know, our friends <laughs> plus pages, would you have a sense of like, do you search for something like that? Or like, how do you go and find that information in micro posts and macro posts and whatever the hell else is there? Like, how do you find the information you want? I think the search in Google Plus, if that's what you mean, is pretty good for that kind of thing. But usually, usually, and maybe this is kind of a unique, and here's, here's, here's what I think sets this off for people like certainly you, and as a subset of you, me. Uh, <laughs> I've always thought of you as a subset of you. That's how I think of it. And is that, is that I have a, a, a decent number of followers. I have just, I'm at the threshold of enough followers. That it's maybe it's too many, but I feel like right now I can have a conversation with these people. I can ask them a question and there's enough of people and enough diversity and enough uh, to, to respond. And I'll get these really insightful, amazing answers from people who really know what they're talking about. The listeners, the, the, the people who, who take the time to follow and, and, and response 
respond to these things. So I feel like that maybe is not the regular human experience on whether it's Twitter or Google Plus or whatever, in that most people don't have 20 or 30,000 followers or, or in your case, three, four, five hundred thousand. Uh, and mostly, mostly robots, robots. That's and, what you uh, say. Viagra. That's mm-hmm. what you say. It's actually not true. And if you ask a question, you're going to get tons and tons and tons of responses. Some of them will be very useful, but I think for the average person, they have hundreds of followers, maybe a few thousand. It's a different experience. Once you hit a certain threshold, I don't know what that threshold is. I don't know if I'm there. You're certainly there. Uh, so I think the experience that you have when you ask a question on one of these services is very different than when somebody else asks a question or something. So I don't, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer this, but why do you, what's your beef with Google though? You're still not there. I don't um, get it. Like, what are well, you complaining about? I want about? to come back to the Google Plus thing because I, I, I haven't spent a lot of time on it, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll give you an angle on that. But no, uh, what are some other things? Like, they just, I read today on Google, what's it, Google Operating System. I just read, they just took Google Lookup function out of spreadsheets. Did you ever use this? Google Lookup Google, Google function. Lookup? Google, Google Lookup function. Google Lookup. I have not used this. I have not used this. <laughs> um, Google. So... <laughs> <laughs> this must end. It must end. Google lookup function. Mark Mars. <laughs> what is what is a Google lookup function? What is this? Okay, you got functions, right? Like sum, S-U-M, and then uh, parentheses. You're talking about and if I want to like add up some columns or perform. If you're in, if you're in Excel or you're in Numbers, I, I'm sorry to all of you that know how to use computers and find Excel. this insulting. You mean You've Excel? Got, what did I say? What did I say? Excel. What did I say? Excel. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Lotus Excel. Five, six, seven, five six seven Excel, Excel. They also make hand dryers, I think. The um uh, the thing is this: uh, you got functions, right? You, you've got a function which is usually some kind of a big uh, verb, and then it's something in parentheses, which is what's acting on it. And you've got whatever arguments or whatever the hell you call it. Sorry, Syracuse inside. So you can say you can do all kinds of cool stuff with those, right? The classic being sum, and then you've got cells as a range. And so add all those up and tell me what that is. That's awesome, right? You know, equals sum, da 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 da. There's one called Google Lookup that's, I always thought, one of the best things ever. And I've used it. I don't use it. I use it four times a year, but I really love it when I use it. And Google Lookup lets you do stuff like <clears throat> uh, point two uh, using either HTML. What are you or talking about right now? What? what I'm, really, I'm really lost right now. Okay. So you're in a spreadsheet. Okay. You understand how sum works, right? Yeah. You type, you type equals sum and then the columns. Now imagine instead of that, you say equals Google Lookup or, or whatever the, the, the function is, whatever the name is. But the point is, you've got a verb that says essentially this, go to this URL mm-hmm. or URI or whatever the hell you call it nowadays yeah. and look for the third table on that page and pull that data into Google. Go to this XML really? feed. You can do this? Data. Yes, it's been in there for years and it's insane. So you I can didn't say, know this. Go to this page on Wikipedia and pull out this population data. You don't have to write a Perl scraper, right? You just point it at a page. How do you tell it? How do you tell it where on the page to to get that? Uh, it takes two arguments. It takes uh, a URL. I think it, it from. I think I haven't used this in a while, but as memory serves, it takes an argument Google for a URL. Google lookup entity comma attribute or attribute, yeah. as you say. I say attribute. Retrieves <laughs> facts my, from the web. As of November 2011, Google lookup will no longer be supported. Yeah, I would I would play a sad trombone sound, but they've deprecated that. They call it deprioritizing. So that is the kind of thing that like you. Wait used a minute, to go this like, is November. 
Oh, no, they just... Oh, by the way, we just took it out. Boom. So it doesn't work anymore? No, you get a... I think you get like a pound sign name error now. <laughs> well, thanks for telling me about it. I don't understand why more companies don't trust Google to run their business. <laughs> it would be like, you know, you go to National Cash Register... You say, well, can we please have a cash register so we can take money from people? And they go, sure. And then one day they go, you know what? We're done with three. And you go, what? They go, we just, we just weren't making a lot of money off the digit three. So your cash register doesn't <laughs> use threes anymore. There's a workaround. <laughs> right. It involves X code. It'll take a little longer, but it works. But um, anyway, that's one example. Like, is that a huge example? No, that's kind of stupid. Google Video. They shut down Google Video. <clears throat> and um, you know they announced that a long time ago. But for example, the Inbox Zero video that was like my, I don't want to say career maker, but like it's the thing that I got kind of famous for. Like that was where they put it before they also put it on the YouTube. And so I, the embeds that I've shared in the past and put on sites in the past were Google Video. Well, suddenly they just died. They're just dead. And now there's like a blank thing on the page. Like that, that's just gone now and that's a mm. thing. Um, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the way that it just feels like more and more of their stuff is meant to... Uh, corral you into doing something related to Google Plus. And so, I mean, I tried Google Plus a little bit and uh, it, it, it did feel a little bit like a rabbit hutch, like the kind of thing where I would just have to spend a huge amount of time here. Like right now, I've looked at it like twice since I stopped using it and so far it's just been Andy Anotko. I think he's the only one who uses it. But he uses it a lot for very long things. And so I see a hat and then there's a lot of words and I think I, I don't understand this. Love Andy. Love him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I mean, Google, I, I don't know a lot about Google. I know they've got a lot of employees and they've got a lot of investors and there's a whole lot of money. And uh, if you think about Google's history, I, I'm not like a Google watcher. I'm not, you know, <laughs> Jeff Jarvis or anything. Thank goodness. And uh, but think about it. Like, what's Google good at? Well, the first thing Google got really good at was search. They did stuff involving search that, not just improved upon what came before, but I mean, obviously they, they've iterated that in a way that is staggering until, oh, by the way, taking, like, taking out the plus operator, like the plus operator used to be the best thing in the world when you're doing a search, you know? Oh, just, I'm sorry, many, 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 there's a tiny, tiny rat hole here. But back in the day, one thing that made Google different from all the other search engines was when you put four words, for example, into the search, it had to have those four words on the page. And, and you understood that. You, you understood that if you put a, if memory serves, this is how Google worked for years. So if, if you put in um, Dan Benjamin Hive Logic Rails, like it would only find pages that had that stuff on it. And you go, oh, actually, Hive Logic is the URL, so I should probably take that out or, you know, whatever. But you got that. It was like, it was like science, like it really worked. And then over time, they said, well, you know what? We're getting so good at this that we're going to like play a little bit fast and loose with that. And so we're going to show you stuff where, and you've seen this for, for the last few years now, that when you see returns and they you know, bold your words, you'll notice that maybe a couple of your words aren't there. Well, that's because Google got all smart and now they know what you want rather than what you actually wanted, supposedly, right? Fine, whatever. You could still route around a lot of this with two awesome things. I, again, I apologize because most of you know this. Quotation marks. If you put Dan Benjamin in quotation marks, it would find Dan Benjamin and not Dan Brown or Benjamin right. Franklin. You know, and, and I think it, it, for a while, for a long time, it would not find Daniel Benjamin because that's not what you asked for. <laughs> you want to find 
Dan Benjamin, that phrase, and that meant a thing. Now, you could say Dan Benjamin and, and uh, Rails, and it might find stuff in later years. It would find stuff with Dan Benjamin and might or might not find Rails. But you say, no, listen, plus, in quotation marks, Dan Benjamin, plus Rails. Do you know all this, Dan? Well, I'm learning uh, the, the plus part now. You say plus, and then Dan Benjamin in quotes. You say plus Rails. That will only find pages that have both Dan Benjamin in quotes hmm. and Rails on it. This is massively useful because, I mean, you know, once you get good at this, you know, and then so you know the plus sign, you eventually learn the minus sign, mm. right? So you could look for Dan Benjamin in quotes plus and say minus Merlin, and it would find pages that I was not on. This I is like, oh, wait a minute. Is there a way to have something minus Merlin that just automatically added to every search you do? Yeah, I think so. I, I have safe searches. In order to find my toots, I, I have a safe search. This is it you think get the edit the search engines? I know you're being mean, but I'm routing around it. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually really I did not know about this minus. Yeah. Yeah. So those two things were were really powerful. But that plus sign was this way of saying, even as Google got smarter, um, you still had a way of saying, No, 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 like I understand. It's like the Syracuse ish, -ish approach to this. Like please don't assume you know what I mean here. I know how to ask for exactly what I want with the words I want. And the plus sign was what allows you to say, no, this really does have to be on the, the page. And so, you know, not to go on and on, but it's, it's crazy how many people use Google every day and don't know about this stuff. They don't know about things like in Earl colon, right? So if I want to find all my toots, I have to, I can say site colon twitter.com space in Earl colon hot dogs ladies. And that will only show me pages on Twitter.com, in which Hot Dogs Ladies appears in the URL. <laughs> Jumping off from that, you can see where this becomes enormously useful for yeah, finding anything. This. I didn't know this. Oh, this is all huge. This, is, this stuff is amazing. Um, there's a lot of then, cursing when I run that search. A lot. And then you can do lots of stuff, obviously, with ands and ors, uh, which is all great. Okay, so if I understand correctly now, the plus sign has been deprecated, and now quotation marks means plus. So maybe that's really useful, but I think that's two different kinds of things. That's like making divided by and plus mean the same thing to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are separate kinds of things. Anyway, I'm beating a point to death, but now Google has gotten so good at search that they feel entirely confident <clears throat> that they can give you, this is the nice version of this. They are so good at search that they can now give you what you want, even though it may not be what you knew you wanted. <clears throat> they can trust their own special sauce for page rank or whatever they call it nowadays, um, to give you the thing you wanted. The Google Suggest is going to get you there faster. You know, they, they learned years ago that nobody ever looks past the first page, right? It's just like, uh, you know, <laughs> paged content. Very few people go past the first page of Google. If you're not on that first page, this has created an industry called SEO. Because if you're not in those first few entries, it's game over. Right. And I think Google knows that. They want, they want the best results to be above the fold. And I think increasingly they know what they want you to link on, for better or for worse. And I think, I think this, this, the slightly darker component of this is that now they're so good at search that they've completely thrown out the model of stuff like AltaVista or Excite or whatever, um, where you would sort of discover stuff. And I mean, the, point, the point of all of this is that I, I think that they, like Apple in some ways, I guess, they want to make this simpler for you. They want you to not have to worry about all this stuff. But there's all this great edgy, edge case nerd stuff that's just going away. Like the lab stuff just goes away. Um, a bunch of their little projects that were really silly, but people like me used, they just go away. So what's Google good at? Well, they're really good at search. They're good at three things, I think. Again, I am not Jeff Jarvis. And again, 
that is good. Uh, uh, <laughs> you sounded so much like Tom Cruise when you said it. <laughs> turn it on, turn it off. Have you met, have you met uh, Jeff Jarvis? Um, I think I was on a podcast. Like a podcast or a panel or something? I think so. I think he's, I was on one with him too. He's, he's smart. Bright guy. Mm, Bright talks guy. Talks fast. For somebody who made his career in traditional journalism, he seems he's awfully, awfully quick to throw away the industries that actually made him really successful. Huh. But, and he wants you to share everything now. So he loves the Google. Uh, and that's what Google wants you to do too, because that's the second part. They're great at search and they're great at ads. Uh, Google's pie graph, you can ask your buddy on this chart boy, but I don't think Google makes a whole lot of dough on uh, apps accounts or servers. I think from what I understand, the a very, very large uh, proportion of the Google revenue pie, like take home cash money, uh, comes from ads. They're great at search, they're great at ads. And the truly secret sauce that some people know is that Google is really really good at scale. It's scale that makes Google Google in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know all the exact technical parts of this, but I mean, the story goes that like much of their efforts over the years have gone into this, to even call it a server farm, I guess would be really dismissive. A lot of what makes Google Google is that they can get stuff up at scale like amazingly quickly. So you got search, you got ads, you got scale. Um, and so that's, what do you make? Right. If you're sitting around and you go like, well, we, we got eggs, butter and tarragon, you're for damn sure going to make some goddamn scrambled eggs. <laughs> like you don't have that many other choices. I guess you could make tarragon with some kind of a yolk sauce, but it's probably not going to be very tasty. If you have ads and search and scale, well, and everybody likes social networks, like let's make a social network. And so that's what they've got. They don't have a giant revenue model that's not ads. Yeah. They need more of your information to stay alive. Right. This is, this is the sunshine that, you know, makes the chloroform for, for Google to pay their investors. So I don't want to sound cynical, but I mean, as the search starts to suck more and the ads get filtered more, like what are they, what are they, what are they going to, not suck, but you know what I mean? If I can't do that kind of stuff, well, I don't know. I mean, like people who use the spreadsheets, like for a long time, it seemed like they were really making a play to make Google Docs this, this amazing thing. And maybe they still are, but it seems like they're dicking around with it constantly, changing the way it looks, moving stuff around. And you've worked in enough places to know that that drives people bat crap insane. Yeah. It makes you think, I can't rely on this. Like, you know, hate on Microsoft all you want, but you don't open Word one day and, and suddenly this one, this one ribbon thing is gone. Like, you may not love the ribbon, but like, that's part of the thing. And if that's really important to your job, they're going to warn you before that goes away. Anyway... I um, <clears throat> I don't mean to beat up on Google. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of pals that work there and they've been really good to me, like as a company and as a search and fun thing. But it's frustrating to me that it seems like, it seems like for a company that's as powerful and, and potentially Vader-like as them, Empire-like, it seems weird that they are so obsessive about trying to drive you into this one thing being being the Google Plus. Mm. They want your Google Reader to be a conduit into Google Plus. I joked yeah. about this on, on the Twitter the other day, but I could see a day where they take away the star for flagging email and turn it into a plus one. I mean, harrowing to think <laughs> about. But that's what's frustrating to me. It's just frustrating to me that, that like, I, I read a few of these blogs. I read several of the Google blogs in my <laughs> in Google Reader. And, uh, you know, 
but it just, it seems like all this, I don't know, part of it is I'm just being an old man. There's all this stuff that became the reason I loved Google. I, lo- I love Google because they kept giving me stuff that just made stuff better and faster and cooler and better and better and better. And they just were just lapping everybody, including Apple, with adding this fantastic new functionality. And now it feels like in the last six months or a year, like, well, first of all, like, what have they put out lately that like you really, really love? Setting aside Google Plus, I understand you guys love your Google Plus, but like, yeah. what have they made in the last few years that everybody loves? Well, maybe that's part of part of the problem. You might have 0.01% that loved this one Google Labs thing, but they haven't had a big home run, you know, in a long time. Gmail brought them enough eyeballs that they could monetize with, <laughs> with uh, you know, ads. You know, but but if all you got is tarragon, you're going to make a lot of a lot of eggs. Do you use tarragon when you make? Eggs? I don't see. I use very, very little. Tarragon is... uh, too overpowering. It's very overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's my least favorite part of most mustards. Hmm. It's tarragon flavor, Hmm. like the fancy Frenchy kind. Do you have a stance on cilantro? Uh, I'm okay with it in, you know, moderation. Everything in moderation. Yeah. There was a time I couldn't eat cilantro, and if it was in the dish at all, I would just... Oh, I couldn't eat it. But, you know, as as a person, you evolve. You do. You have to evolve. I mean, that's 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 in books. You know, I, I, to me, cilantro it's it's a lot like uh, like Ralph Lauren's polo. You know, I I can take almost just just a tiny tiny little bit of it, but boy, that's that's really plenty. That's really really plenty. I, I don't need a whole lot of that. When we were uh, on our family trip recently, boy, p- people in Florida wear a lot more like cologne and perfume. Have you noticed that? Hmm. Is that a sweat? Is that a sweat thing? I don't know. Maybe it's being activated in a way you're not used to. I have mixed feelings about these things because I, I've had so much fondness for Google over the years and I, uh, I felt like such an evangelist for what they're doing. But You were. Well, no. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I'm not. But, I'm being serious. I'm saying, I mean, you were one of the, the people that was out there saying, look at these cool... And, even, and you just did it again on this show. On well, your yeah, show. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, and I, I, I just... It's funny because I... I I'm one of those guys that reads the manuals. Like I'm one of those guys that reads the documentation. I, I don't always use the right terms and I'm not like a smart computer guy. How do you remember I, these things? This is what I want to ask you about. If it, because a lot of these things are, are, you know, you described some cool tips like the minus, for example. Mm-hmm. And the minus is probably a bad example because that's pretty easy to remember. But there are things that you know about and that you, that you seem to remember that right. are not the kinds of things that most people would use on a day-to-day basis. In other words, you might use right. one of these things once a day, maybe once a week. Do well, you have a cheat one? sheet? Do you print things one? out? Do you make? Why don't you make PDFs yeah. that are like the Merlin Man Tips 101 series? You I'd know? be so good at that. That would be, be good. So, you could yeah. monetize that. I could totally and set yourself that. up. Totally set myself up. Try this. Uh, go, to, um, go to Google somewhere. Okay. Go to your thing. Yeah, I'm there. <clears throat> and... Um, What's a good example of this? Uh, try entering in, um, this is kind of a weird one. Try entering in, like let's say you're trying to remember the year of an album. Go, go enter in Pixies, P-I-X-I-E-S. The first result is Pixies. The second one is Pixies, Where Is My Mind, Pixies Tour, Pixies, Where Is My Mind lyrics. Where is my mind? I'm not, uh, I, didn't, I didn't tell you it hit anything, Dan. Are you, are you getting the suggest? Yeah. Turn that off. Let's just turn that off. Type uh, Pixies and then type uh, Doolittle. Do little E-O-O-L-I-T-T-L-E. Tour, zip, tour 2011. And I'll, I'll say all you know is that it was like from the late 80s. So type 1986 dot dot 
1989. No spaces. You ever done this? Two dots or three dots? Two dots. Okay. Searching. That's a date range or a number range. Yeah. Did you know that? I I did not know this. Yeah. You don't have to do pipes. It'll do, that's 1986 or 1987 or 1988 or 1989. Like if you want to find numbers on a page, you can use those two dots to find a range of numbers. Interesting. So the first return shows you recorded 1988. Stuff like that. Uh, Giant. Uh, I don't know why I remember it. We should just stop talking about this. It's really boring. But it's just, it, bum, it bums me out a little bit because um, in the same way that I felt, eh, not in the same way, and to a lesser degree, then I visited Microsoft a few years ago on this weird junket. And uh, I was so blown away by like how smart everybody was there when I thought it was just going to be a bunch of robots. But I was also really blown away, this is mm, 2006 maybe, about how terrified like to the point of being like embarrassed and defensive, everybody inside Microsoft was of, of Google because they were still really, uh, I think they were still really bruised and hurting from all the antitrust stuff. And they were genuinely scared to like, you know, get into antitrust trouble, which took a lot of the wind out of their sails. But then Google came along and Google got so good at doing a bunch of this stuff. It became, let's put it this way. It became clear by 2006 or 2007 that Google was capable, capable of potentially replacing almost everything that Microsoft makes money on. In the sense of, like, what are their money makers, right? Windows and Office. And, and I guess you got the video game crap, but mm. I don't know. But, um, the, and so that was a few years ago. That wasn't even that long ago. And it seemed like Google was just going to keep going up and up and up. And now it's just weird now that, like, um, I guess it's just kind of, I, I, it's hard to believe that with, at the last time I heard there was something like, what, 15,000 employees? I'm sure it's tons more now. With a company that big, there hasn't been more like figuring out ways to make dough with this stuff that wasn't ads and ruining things. And, and it just feels like right now there's this real trajectory toward taking all that innovation and who knows what they're doing behind the scenes. You know, I don't know. Uh, Python running on Google engine or whatever app engine, that, that's all great. But my gut tells me right now that we've seen the best days of Google in terms of the cool stuff that'll make our life better. And now they've gone from being this place where I, first would just use Google to do anything. Always, always, always. Because it always worked better than anything else. Gmail, miles ahead of Mail.app, all this stuff. And then there's been this period over the last couple of years where I keep, keep getting get more and more skeezed out by Google. If you haven't done it in a while, gang, go to google.com slash dashboard and it will ask you to log in again for obvious reasons. But I'll just give you a minute <laughs> to go log into Google Dashboard. And you'll realize... Um, how much Google knows about you because it shows you kind of the most recent bit of information it has about you for all of its properties. Um, and it's kind of staggering, but there was a time where I like, I feel like I gave a lot of that away happily because I was getting so much in return. And, uh, there's not that, I mean, I still love Gmail. I still use all this stuff. I still obviously trust them with a lot of stuff, but that trust feels more and more degraded as the coolness trend line seems to be moving the other way. And I just feel more and more like, ugh, is, you know, when is this, when is this not worth giving away the ridiculous amount of information I give to them? You know? And, and just, just for myself, like it just bums me out. It bums me out that instead of seeing another cool thing from Google every month or two, 
or you know, or seeing something like you'd see a new version of uh, Reader that would just suddenly add these amazing new things. Google saw, Reader sucked for a long time, and then suddenly it bloomed and became like one of the most amazing applications ever. Gmail just got better and better and better, and then suddenly it got slower and slower and slower, and then Labs went away. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a direction with this except that I used to be the biggest dumbest Google fanboy, and increasingly it's it just bums me out to see so much of their cool stuff. Uh, not be, as I said earlier today, not be so balls out awesome. Dan, your thoughts on Google? You know, I'm one of those people who I use, I use parts of Google and I try not to do anything that requires me to use any of their interfaces directly with the exception of search. And to be honest, I, I don't even, you know, I use Chrome as the main browser. So that's from Google. Uh, and I like Chrome. It's right now it, feels more stable and faster. I, I use it too. I really like Safari. So I like, I mean, I like, I like Chrome that that's from them, but mm-hmm. as far as their websites, I never, ever, ever use the, the Gmail interface, uh, at all. Even, I mean, like if, if, if I'm faced with having to, I really would like my email. And for some reason I don't have a device that our computer I can use Then I just, have, I guess I'm not getting my email now because I don't use it. I don't even think about it as an alternative. It's not you even use, there. You use straight up mail.app. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, mail on the, on the iPhone and that's it. And, but I mean, I'll use Google as the back end for that because it has great spam filters and it, it, you know, it works just Mm -hmm. like IMAP, but I never want to look at Gmail and I I used Google reader for a period of time. And and then I kind of went away from that for a variety of reasons. And so I guess I, again, I'm kind of a weird, not typical user here, but for me, you know, Gmail behind the scenes, I don't want to think about it. Uh, search of course, Chrome. And uh, once in a while, the Google Plus. And if the Google Plus went away tomorrow, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't feel like something was missing from you know where. Think it about it, if be Twitter like if went Gmail away. went away. Yeah, if Gmail or if Twitter went away, I would be I would be you know depressed about that for a little while. Right. But if if G, Google Plus, if they said we're canceling this, like, well, that's Google. That's what they do. Don't get too attached to it. Do you run? Um, do you I'm, run AdBlock? No. Uh, not at all. No. I do. I run uh, I run AdBlock. Uh, you use uh, their Gmail service without looking in any of the ads. Yeah, right. I I look at a lot of their. I don't. That's in my file for. Uh, I see all the deck ads. I, I uh, they're not in my ads file, but um, I uh, they're not making any dough when you check your Gmail in Mail.app. That's a cost center, not a profit center. Right. Um. Uh, Google Docs, if you're not seeing ads, like what's the last thing that every company wants to get into because it's kind of a pain and there's not a lot of dough and there's big repercussions if it goes wrong? Well, storage. Like there's not, that's one reason Dropbox is so amazing yeah. is, that, is that the combination of sync plus storage is like two different third rails. That doesn't make any sense. You would only have one third rail. It's a really, 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 really extra electric-y third rail. Because nobody wants to get into that business. It's a commodity business. Commodities don't make, don't make dough in the way that a really distinctive service does. But that's what made Dropbox Dropbox, I think, is that they took two commodities, well, took a hard thing and a commodity and did it well together. Syncing is really hard. Storing people's files is a really tedious commodity business. And they figured out how to do that well together. Now, if Google is just going to be a place where people are hacking it to use it like a giant thumb drive and getting free email, like there's no dough in that. I don't think, I'm guessing, not that 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 many companies go out and buy 
the Google, uh, you know, run your own server in house thing. You know, in some ways, it doesn't it on some level compete. It cannibalizes apps in some ways, doesn't it? I mean, you use Google Apps, you sure. can do pretty much anything with that. Pretty much. But it's almost like when you'd walk into a walk into a Walgreens or a, you know an Eckert's, let's say. Uh, you know, I'd walk into an Eckert's in 1985, and you could you could buy a quote unquote stereo for like eighty five dollars. <laughs> right? Did you ever buy one of those? Not, it it, it looks that. like a component stereo system, but if you took the back off, you'd see it's like a cardboard it's box. Just one six thing, wires. It's just a box. Though I did a, have, I'd have several of those. I did too. Do I they still too. make those? Those things are great. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's it's such it's such it, like if you think about the kids, like I think I was probably twelve when I had that. You were probably you know eighteen, but yeah, thirty five, thirty four. But these things were great. You'd get it, and it did. It was like a box. It had like a strange pressed press board back to it. But if you looked at it from the front, it looked like it was a whole high, you know, like a whole. Well, it's like they called a component system. Like when I when I bought my first, um, this integrated. Yeah, but like you used to be back in the day, you buy a component stereo system. Like I went when I one day when I had a little dough, I went and bought a turntable, <clears throat> my first CD player. Gosh, you're old. <sighs> Like you if bought I a turntable with so incontinent right now, I would be extremely <laughs> angry. Would, did you buy a turntable like with your own money or like allowance, <laughs> like money you got from a job? I don't like any aspect of that question. <laughs> Do you say, or stuff you stole from your employer? No, I mean like where you because like turntables were out by the time that I was I I was earning money, like this not is, this from is, this mowing is a yards. Snake pit. I'm not going to put my hand in this. I, I got a turntable. I got a CD because you don't CD seem player. old to me. You seem way hip. You understand we're like like I'm like three years older than you. Is that all? I don't know. I, I they didn't invent uh, base ten until I was in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you, you go out sound and buy young. These. Oh my god! <laughs> I, if someplace flies direct to Austin, you're going to have a very very painful evening. Right? No, I'm serious. <laughs> um, and so, but, but, but the point is then you have, you get your turntable, you got your, in my case, a single CD, CD player, because they were $300 at the time. Oh. Shut up. And then uh, you got the dual cassettes, you got the tuner, you know, which was also the, you know, actually, I think the, I think the radio was a different thing, but you get them and they were separate components and you put them together with the RCA jacks, you stacked them up, they went in a certain order, you plug, but you know, it was, it was very cool in 19, the mid eighties to have a component system, whether you bought a Macintosh or whether you bought a Fisher or a whatever. <laughs> Those are two very different ends of the spectrum. But you go into the Eckert's and you pick up one of these and it looked like a component stereo system. <laughs> It did, you know what I'm saying? Remember that? Like yeah. it, it was a box that had been molded yeah. to look like separate things, but but it wasn't even a Swiss Army knife. It was like five five pieces of the crappiest conceivable kind of of equipment that you could have and cobbled together inside a particle board that you could conceivably call in air quotes, you know, stereo. And uh, and and that's no fun. You know, you buy one of those. Just plug the speakers it, in. You're ready to go. You're good to go. You're good to go. They might be hardwired right in there. Yeah, that's right. So like, uh, <laughs> at, at what point when the trend line start, stops going up and up and up? Because let's be honest, for a long time, uh, Google Docs was really given Office function-wise. Uh, I think it gave Office a pretty good run for the money. Um, in terms of like, you know, the Pareto principle stuff. Like most of what normal people did. Like who uses all that ribbon stuff? Like... Nobody I know. 
because I don't know anybody who uses Word. But if you had to work in an office environment, to have something where like your word processor was already like built in was the ability to share those documents. You don't have to go build a cloud service. Like it's just part of this thing. You just put it in this folder and it gets shared with, uh, you know, Janus. Like it just works like that. And then it had offline mode. Like you could take all your stuff was like on your computer. You could use it. Like it was an offline mode for all these documents. But it kept getting better and better and better. Like, do you, have you used any of the scripts stuff inside of uh, uh, the Google Docs spreadsheets? Not at all. There's a whole like uh, JSON uh, like API ideal where you can just point it at stuff. You get an API key and it just pulls data out of applications. It's it's ludicrous what you can do. I use it with my CRM to basically do queries against the CRM and it'll pull out just whole tables of data straight into Google. It's insane. And for years, it's just kept getting better and better and better. Gmail, better and better and better, right? The spam filtering, better oh, and yeah. better. Oh, it, yeah. all, it all got better. And then we got so used to that stuff getting better. And then like, then like, mm, the offline mode disappeared from Google Docs, Right. We're not, that's not a thing anymore. Like, we're not going to do that. Like, you, you know what I mean? Suddenly the offline part didn't work anymore. Mm. They kept changing the way it looked. Uh, now there's different modes. Oh, do you want your documents to be in the old mode or the new mode? If you put them in the new mode, they're not going to support a bunch of these cool features that worked in the old mode. You're not going to be able to go in, in and edit HTML and CSS in the new version of this, so you better not change these docs over. Well, of course, eventually you have to change the docs over. I don't, I don't have a giant point here, except that for a company whose trend line for, for nerds seem to constantly be going up and up. It was easy enough to overlook a whole lot of things about the company. I freely, freely admit that. Um, I have not overthought what, what, what goes into my Google stack. And now increasingly, I guess I feel like I kind of think about that. I'm not trying to say that like because they're not getting cooler, like you should go sweat privacy. Well, you should always sweat privacy. But it's just, it just sucks that this thing that you... It's, you know, it's like when my friends started liking REM. I got all mad. You know, it's like reckoning. That's my record. Like you're not allowed to like that. <laughs> that's my identity comes from the fact you don't know what that record is and and google for a long time was just like the, it was really uh just so cool and now to just see that this at a point when i am so burned out after years starting with uh friendster or cut you know on and on and on, i'm just so burnt out on joining these things yeah. where, where people just put a bunch of stuff and then feel needy like there's so much stuff and needy that like I do not need a new bucket for that. Um, you know, I, I there are plenty of ways to talk to your friends. You can talk to your friends on the phone. You can talk to your friends in instant messaging like you and I do with the text. Yep. You could have an IRC thing. You could do that uh, campfire deal, you know. But people need you to have these public conversations a lot in order for them to get the churn that, that, that keeps things running. And it it just feels like this is so boring, Dan. It is kind of boring. Sorry. You to start over. So this is what you don't like about Google. I don't like that all these cool features keep going away. That the lab stuff went away. There was so much stuff cool, stuff, like maybe not the greatest stuff in the world. Well, but all, even if all you use labs for Gmail, all companies ahead, take stuff away periodically, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I were going to try and sound sage and smart and uh, pundity about this, I would say it's a bummer that they never figured out a way to make money with anything but ads. Um, there was a long time. Now, I, this is going to sound really hyper, uh, hypercritical. This is going to sound totally uh, hypocritical coming from a fan of Apple. But for the last 20 years, almost everything that's interesting and good has come out of some form of openness. 
things that got open and stayed open. The companies that have thrived, not all of them, but most of the companies that thrived did so by becoming more open rather than less open. I don't mean like necessarily with their, their business data, but what did Apple do? Well, Apple figured out a way to like take this industry that thought you had to go to Sam Goody to get a record and made it so that you could buy music on your phone. For a long time it had DRM and then it didn't. Like that got better and better. Um, Twitter, I just got to say, I do not think Twitter would be Twitter today if they had not had that amazing API. Like all those apps you use, right? All that stuff that you could do with Twitter. Yeah. Dropbox, would Dropbox be Dropbox if it didn't have an API? If it weren't A, built into your system and B, had an API that let people build all those wonderful apps that made people not even care whether or not there was an API? They didn't know there was an API there. Well, then, so, so what happens? Well, Apple starts, you know, sandboxing and limiting and having to check all the apps. And yes, that's very good for us as Apple users. You know, tw Twitter starts cracking down on uh, the, the amount of API stuff you can do. They start doing their own URL shortener that, that changes all this stuff. Everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Google keeps trying to find these, find these ways to like, instead of being the company that was made out of spackle and awesome, it starts becoming the place where like, you've got to use it inside of this system. I mean, I don't want to sound like this is an apocalypse, but it just feels like there's been a real change in direction. As people find fewer and fewer ways to make dough off of people, um, I think they're scrambling. I think they're scrambling hard. And, and one way, the only way that any of these companies can make any kind of pennies is with ads. And if you want people to see ads, you have to corral them into where those ads are. It's what Gruber has called this corrupting influence of ads. I run ads. I'm not against ads. I think it's a little cynical that so many people run ads and then let you do stuff like pay to not see them. I don't know why you would ever advertise with someone that lets you do that. But it's just weird. It just becomes this Hakuna Matata-like circle of who cares less. You know, there's a bunch of ads nobody really cares about with a bunch of apps that are getting less and less useful. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's good news for Microsoft. So nothing wrong with that. Well, I don't know, Dan. I'm carrying on. Say something yeah, interesting. No, I, I'm just... I. I I, don't know, I mean, it's, it sounds like you're skeptical of the way that Google gives something and then as they change their goals or whatever, I'm not apologizing for them, but I mean, this right. is, you know, this is a company that it, it it's not like you went out and you bought their software and they took a, a whole bunch of these features away in the brand new version. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's like you went out, you were, you were using something, you liked it the way it was, you never really had to pay for it. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pay for it through usage and through relying on it and through giving them data. Atten because, attention, as Gruber yeah, says. Yeah. Attention. Arguably, we, we are paying for it. But it's not like we've given them money paying for it in the conventional sense, right? So we haven't bought... It's not like you went out and you bought a license of the software and then they, they somehow went back into your computer and took that feature away. Right. Uh, does although, it, does although it sound companies like I feel entitled, too. is that what you're implying? Well, I don't it know. Like that, I, maybe that's no, no, a good no, way no, to okay say. It. If you say that, I'm just asking you to clarify because it sounds like what you're saying is that hey, you didn't pay for it, you're not entitled to um, expect things to stay stay the same. That's mm. that's the nature of this kind of a model. Well, I'm just I'm saying, does it more more does it surprise you? Does it surprise you that they've changed it? Um, I. There's a number of things that I'm, when I'm trying to. I'm trying to avoid sounding like a pundit, very, very poorly. I'm trying to avoid that because I don't know anything uh, really, really, really about this stuff. This is all like first-person reporting and mm. like what I read in blogs. I want to clarify that. Um, let me let me put it this way: 
if you try to get almost any kind of a job in government, but especially any kind of a job where you have access to sensitive information, mm -hmm. they run all kinds of crazy checks on you, like all kinds of lunatic stuff. Um, you know, uh, we have a mutual friend who went through this at one point and uh, they asked uh, him or her uh, if he or she had ever smoked pot. And uh, he or she hadn't, but was very, very nervous. And, and it became apparent in the end that they didn't, they kind of cared whether pot had been smoked, but what they really cared about is how you reacted and whether you were lying. Mm. They wanted to know if they could trust you. They want to know if you've got money problems, right? Like in the, in the uh, spy game, right? You're always looking for people who can be compromised. Right. Um, if the company that you are relying on, and uh, you know, I, to your point, like if you're running Google apps and you're not happy, I guess you can always leave. But the point is, I think, it, I don't know if they ever had a press release that said this in so many words. I think Google wants to be taken seriously. I don't think people would be paying whatever 400 and some dollars a share or whatever it became. I don't think people would have paid that kind of money if they just thought this was a game that could change any time. People did not start putting out things where they were talking about, you know, the Google operating system. I don't, I think a company that do that, that does that is saying, take us seriously as somebody you can count on uh, to, to do stuff for a business. And I think one small problematic, not small, but a problematic part of Google has been that stuff just goes away sometimes. Uh, sometimes in a year, but sometimes just, well, it's just not a thing we're doing today. And that's not there anymore. And I think that's made some people a little skittish about, about using Google for their stuff. Um, my problem or my concern, uh, pseudo pundit concern, is I would not, I would not want uh, a spy who's being blackmailed by somebody. And I would not want to trust a huge amount of my data to a company who throws up its hands when it can only find one way to make money. That's scary. Mm. It's scary when um, these companies appear to not have another way to make money. Uh, it shows you that there's not a richness to the ecosystem with what they're doing, no matter how innovative what they're doing is. If it finally stops that, well, I guess we'll just have to find either put up more ads or find ways to make people look at more ads. Well, first of all, that's going to that's gonna heavily affect the kind of products they make. It's going to heavily make... It's going to heavily affect a lot of stuff about what they do. When Twitter just, when it was all shucking and jiving at Twitter, there was all kinds of fun stuff you could do. But then the grownups came in and said, no, no, no. Now this is how this must be used. Um, so I guess as I go and look at slash dashboard, there's a part of me that goes, well, how much trust do I put in a company that, that can't figure that out with all of the best technology in the world and one of the fastest growing companies of all time? is this the best they could do is yeah. Google plus like th this, this is their uh, Sistine chapel. You know, it's like, I would have expected them to come up with something um, much more um, life changing in a, in a really, really good way after all the effort that's gone into their work, because a lot of that effort went into cool stuff that nobody would buy or use, I guess that went away. Um, these companies got gobbled up and disappeared and all that talent w went into I guess, ads and, and making a social media site. So I don't want to say that like, I don't feel like entitled to, to anything, yeah. really. I mean, I don't even feel entitled to the stuff I bought. You ever read the EULA on, a, on a, anything you've ever bought? I, I just uh, click through it. <laughs> but like, it, it, you know, it's sometime uh, when you've got a few hours, you know, and I love that on the phone. Have you ever done that on the phone where it says uh, you have to update your iTunes terms of service? 
And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You get down on the bottom and look for the button to click and it says page one of 27. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, basically every EULA has something like this in it. As you know, Dan, I'm not an attorney. But every EULA has a statement like this in it. Uh, this thing that you're using is not suitable. Uh, we do not claim that this is suitable for any purpose or will really work. You don't really own it and you're just kind of using it. I think that's the license on every CD. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the license on every copy of Word. Um, so, I mean, it's not like we've ever had anything that we can count on like that. I'm saying this mostly as a, as a fanboy, that it's a bummer that after this many years of seeing that line of innovation and entering interestingness go up and up and up and to see that like the data that you do gather from me is being used for benevolent purposes, like being able to take the aggregate data of everybody's Gmail to know who's spamming. Yeah. Like who could argue with that? Yeah. Contextual ads, fine. Like, that's cool, you know. But at what point does uh, the Google Health data <laughs> get dipped into? Mm. Uh, uh, let's get back to the other topics. So we should talk about a sponsor. Do we have a sponsor? Oh, we have a... Do we have a sponsor? Do we have a sponsor? Do we? Hmm? Which one are you? We have a sponsor. A sponsor is Squarespace. Do you like oh, these guys? I do. These guys, okay. special place in my heart for the Squarespace guys. I've taken the note. I talked too long about Squarespace, so I'm going to be very targeted. May I be targeted? I would love to hear the targeted Squarespace okay. advertisement. Okay. Um, what, what I told to Ryan, our friend at Squarespace, who is not a jackal, what I said to him was that like this is a service that a lot of people need to use because it's easy, but when we talk to the nerds, this is, this is behind-the-scenes stuff. This is not what they told us to say. When we talk to these jackals, these people are really smart. They not only make websites, they make the tools that to make websites. And in some of these people's cases, they make the tools that make the tools <laughs> to make websites. So I'm I'm not I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make two cases to you. First of all, there's the case that like next time somebody asks you to make a website, you might want to point them to Squarespace because it's a lot easier than having to go restart Webrick and you know go mm -hmm. make a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the other case I want to make is extremely nerdy, and I want to tell you about uh, something I knew about but hadn't spent time on before, which is code.squarespace.com. And even though like. Squarespace runs great, like straight out of the box. There's all of this great stuff that you can do uh, by looking at code.squarespace.com. A lot of it's code snippets that you can just drop in. Some of it is CSS tricks that a lot of you already know. Like if you want to hide something uh, on, on pages, here's how to do that. But the super quick thing I want to mention this week, I want to return to this idea of code injection. Because even though this thing runs soup to nuts straight out of the box, there's code injection is this one area of like your website, website settings where you can go in and it's, like I say, it's the kind of place where you would drop in something like uh, <laughs> a Google Analytics code or your Typekit ID, any of that stuff, right? Like if you've got a reinvigorate uh, code, you can drop it in there. Uh, but you know what else you can do? They have chunks of code that you can drop in there to change the way your site works. You're not touching your code. You're not messing around. You're not shucking and jiving with a bunch of stuff. You go to this one area called code injection and you can drop stuff into the head tag that will then, that Squarespace will interpret to do cool stuff on your site. And so even though this all stuff all just works, like you can do stuff. The one I did the other day that like was just so awesome is for that other podcast I do. I didn't want my Merlin man banner to be at the top. So I was able to go in, change the banner on that page and then change what link that redirects to, right? It was just super easy to do by dropping this in. Now, the way this works so great is everything you do, like I said before, all the classes, all the IDs, everything is ID'd so well. You know the old school trick, the Doug Bowman trick? I think Doug invented this. The uh, um, body uh, ID tag concept. Mm -hmm. 
Remember that? You remember when that first came out and it was like the most amazing thing you ever saw? Basically, the, the concept is that you would have an, a body ID equals and then you might have it be the about page or whatever. Yeah, and you could have it could be a, home, it could be about. But the first uh, time I went to Doug's page and saw that like it matched the colors in his navigation, and he did all of that by having the whole body of that page is ID. Well, Squarespace takes that a step further and every area of content you've got gets a unique ID, a module number. That is the equivalent of, you know, like it is a unique ID. So you can do stuff where you can say, like, obviously now in CSS, you can say whenever this kind of page comes up, um, hide this navigation or make it this color. So that's awesome for CSS. But you can also, but with this uh, the header injection stuff, the code injection stuff, you can drop in and say stuff like this really cool widget for this social stuff. Like, I want that to only appear in the footer on these pages. So this gives you a combination of just a huge amount of control. I, I hope I'm articulating this well. It really are, helps yeah. to go in and look at this. But when you, uh, when you drop this stuff in, so I just did stuff like said, like from now on in these pages, show these kinds of nav in these areas. You're not going in and messing with all this webhooks kind of stuff. You go in and drop this in once and you have an extraordinary amount of control over how your site looks, how it works, what's displayed. Um, and it's all from this one interface. That's the sexy part. So if you've got an internet site in here that only five people can see, you can control this that way. If you've got a giant blog that you want everybody in the world to see, you can have it look this way. Um, I just think it's incredibly powerful. Uh, easy stuff like going in and creating your own uh, 404 page. Let's say you want all the images to have rounded edges. Just drop this piece of code in, and it's all right there. So if you, if you miss the nerdiness of being able to go in and hack on all your stuff and change the rubber bands and paper clips in your CMS... Uh, that's all here. It's just that it's all in this one text area where you pop stuff in and then it just works across your site. Code injection, very powerful. But go to code.squarespace.com. There's lots of great stuff there. Even if you just go to the homepage at squarespace.com uh, slash back to work, you'll see tons of examples of how people are using this stuff in things like galleries and stuff. I, I'm just getting started with this because um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it is. But, um, but frankly, I'm going nuts with it now. So go to code.squarespace.com. We will put that in notes. And, uh, you know, we have an offer code. Did I tell you this, Dan? An offer code is another way of saying a discount for the listeners. We call it an offer code. Uh, for the month of November, if you go to squarespace.com slash back to work, one word, uh, you can use the offer code so angry, <laughs> so angry, and you'll get 20% off your... Uh, it's good. For six months. Isn't that good? It's a big chunk of change. Now they take it and they turn it. But not too much change because it's, it's very reasonably priced. Well, twenty percent of anything is something. Dan, I have forgotten how to do everything. I have forgot. I thought I knew how to do stuff. Markdown, some combination of Markdown and not keeping up with HTML five has made me crazy stupid. And now I'm scared to do anything with websites anymore. You know, it's interesting though because there was a period of time where you had to be a super expert to be able to get even the most basic of websites, a, a three-page website within one image. You had to be an expert to get this going. And then you, you had Front Page and Dreamweaver, which, you know, you can say whatever you want about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then I everybody... I think you're leaving out Go Live Cyber Studio, which yes. is my, my go-to. Everybody was then a web designer, developer, and they had their own company uh, in very much the same way that a few years ago everybody was a, was a real estate agent. Uh, now everyone's a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just took an investment. That's right. We're very excited about our uh, our angel round. That's also a square dancing move. Did you know that? The angel round? The angel round. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Please use the offer code. So angry. Um, and I'll put links to uh, some of my favorite uh, little <laughs> things from code 
that Squarespace. But yeah, I want to drill down some of this nerd stuff. But uh, you know, and when you go home, when you go home to your families, like the ones who don't understand like how to change the numbers on their VCR, even though they don't have a VCR anymore. I need new anecdotes, Dan. Uh, tell them about Squarespace because this is the, you could get this set up for them like before the turkey's done getting burned, and they would have a website that wasn't Facebook within minutes. I didn't say that. Google Plus. It's probably got Google Plus integration in those widgets. You should look. Widgets. Squarespace.com. Thank you very much to Squarespace.com uh, for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. <sighs> okay, three, three columns, two columns, no hooks. What is that going by? Is that the train? It's a streetcar. It's the Altaraval uh, inbound. About the 315? Oh, boy. Hey, whoa! Dan! Oh, my gosh, Dan. You wouldn't have done that three months ago. You just figured out what time it is where I am. Well, it's easier oh now. God. You're only two hours off. No, I disagree. You're, you're out of the first world. You're no longer in the snotty first world of the Eastern time zone. Where everything is always our way. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Where you live. You're right. Oh. I see things different now. Different. It's a to- isn't it different? Now you look at Gruber and you understand why he's, he's such a repellent little man. I really understand that now. He, I heard you guys talking about that, how he really missed you being in the only time zone that mattered. Boy, he's got a lot of that stuff. He's got the time zone. He's got the Yankees. He's got the Cowboys. He's got... This is somebody who picks whatever happens to be doing really, really awesome and, and just hooks on to that. He's like a fair-weather human. Yes. Yes. Fair-weather human. <sighs> Cute kid. Let's talk about something else now. So that's Google. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to beat up on Google for an hour. That was dumb. That was, that was dumb. dumb. What a topic no, choice. Man, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's listening anymore. They don't have Bluetooth support on uh, Google. Really? Not at all. Nobody. Can you see in the counter? The, check the hit counter. No, I, I mean, if it, they, n- nobody's listened this deep into the show. Oh, Unless yeah. they fell asleep and, and didn't turn it off. Hmm. What do you think they've been doing instead? I think they said, I'm going to listen to another show. Oh, oh, like one of your uh, archived uh, shows. No, I was thinking of your other podcast. Like Project Minivan? Yeah, the one with the guy with the beard. Mm. You, you, haven't, you haven't listened to, to any at all? No. God damn it, Dan. It's really, really funny. I'll check it out. Can no, I call? This. Did you is it live? The, Can I call in? Ask you a question? I'd like to call did in. You, mm, did you listen to the episode of our show when you were away with John Roderick? Did you listen to that? Yes. I listened to all those. Isn't he charming? Very good work. Yeah. I thought all three of those were pretty good. Just because those guys Wait, you did three? <sighs> <laughs> What's okay. on those cards? Google screen the pooch. Check. Uh, what do you got time for? What, like another 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, whatever you want. This is, this is a weird time. We're recording way late in the day. I'm totally confused. I ate something called a Dirty South. I, mean, I thought you like... said it was called a Dirty Sanchez. Oh, no, no. I think you're thinking of a Donkey Punch. <laughs> you ever heard of a rodeo? Corduroy. Snickers bar. What, what was the one? What was the one? Was it a bargain bag or big bag? What was it? What? <laughs> What was Bo- that one? Bulk bag. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know what this is if they don't listen bulk, to the after dark. Bulk bag. Bulk. <laughs> it's Hi. late in the day. It's can, tw- I ask, can I ask you a question? It's 20 after 5 here, Central Time. Hi. Do you enjoy candy? Bulk bag. Hi. Have you ever run out of candy? Before you answer, let me oh. ask you a question. How tall are you? <laughs> are you upstairs? Downstairs? What if you were on the stairs right now? Would you have enough candy? Is this how you get unstuck? Let me ask you a question. What if you had a tiny elevator that could bring Charleston shoes to your house? Before you answer, let me ask you a question. 
Do you still use no, a look at this? Man? You did do three. You did um, Rob Cordry. Enough to Jonathan before. Colton. Mm-hmm. Or Coulton, as you say. I say Coulton. John Roderick. See him. I'm gonna see him in a few nights. Are you cool? Yeah, and they might be giants. They're gonna be here. Like in your in your in your private office. Yeah, but I'm gonna get to see them. Nice. No, I mean, I mean, literally, I'm gonna look in their window (laughs) (laughs) in a real creepy way. Yeah, they will need a crane. Um. Okay, I like all these. Let's just do a couple. Constructive versus uh, destructive envy. I think that's a big kahuna. Guaranteed not to fail. But we got time for a real shorty, huh? I think getting unstuck is good real quick. Yeah, getting unstuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good shorty. Week. Good week? Big week. Huge week. Uh, I think getting unstuck is uh, is a biggie. Um uh, and, and, and when I read that, I kept turning it over in my head. I was sitting there on the Muni and I was reading it and then I read it again and I kept thinking about it. And like, it's, uh, in my typical annoying way, like there's all kinds of different things to get unstuck about the one we've talked to. Have we talked before about getting started? We've talked about that, right? We've talked about getting started. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about being stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think they're, I think they're very related. Uh, it's been several episodes since I made an annoying reference to the Dreyfus model skill acquisition, so I'll bring that up. Um, there's that Donald Rumsfeld thing about the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. I think uh, part of what makes almost everything in life hard is not knowing what you don't know. And, and sometimes we guess what it is that we don't know. And so this is what makes us do stupid stuff a lot of the time, is you think that the thing that's going to make you better at this is this one kind of thing, but you don't have enough input or expertise or mentorship to know that that's actually a, like a, a giant waste of time. I, I'm getting to this. But like, for example, Dan, like you've probably spent a fair amount of time learning programming by sitting down and what, you read an O'Reilly book, you make code until it doesn't break, you get better and better, right? I mean, yeah. but it's, it's an iterative process. But like, you know, that's one thing, for example, I've always thought is so flummoxing about things like Photoshop and Unix and sexual intercourse is you think you need to know all of it before <laughs> you can even get started. Uh-huh. We've talked about this before. Like CDNLS will like get you in. Like you can do a couple of things with CDNLS. If you try and read the entire, entire Arnold Robbins book, as I have done before, you're not going to really, trough is not going to stick. And when you're getting started with that stuff, it's hard to know that you're not going to need trough as much as CD. You're, you're not going to need um, crystallize as much as unsharp mask, <clears throat> right? And then things about controllers probably, right? Mm. And so I think getting unstuck happens for several reasons. Uh, I think, or needing to get unstuck. I, I, what I'm trying to get at with the expertise stuff is that once you have made a lot of a certain kind of thing, you get used to having times, you've had times before where you've had to solve that problem and you kind of know your own tricks for getting out of it. So sometimes when we're trying to get unstuck, we end up whacking at it. And that's where we get into the whole buy a notebook, you know, get a hat, shave or don't shave or whatever, and all this magical thinking. Um, to, I think that to get unstuck with, with most projects, I think it does help to first be aware that you may not know what the thing is that will fix this. But to accept that, means also accepting that you're going to have to delve down a little bit on why you're stuck in the first place. So specifically in this one, he said, uh, Richard A., Richard A., by the way, um, big drug user and uh, cross-dresser, he said two words, getting unstuck would be quite handy right now. Um, I think it helps to know why you're stuck. And reasons people get stuck include... um, 
Uh, should we talk about like artistic stuff or life stuff? I think uh, artistic. Let's start with artistic. Um, your expectations are too high. Um, you're not sure what the real story or the real lead is inside of it. You have too many tools and options to choose from. Um, you're unsure of the basic reason that you started doing it and whether you trust it. You're afraid that the first thing you make or the second thing or the third thing will not be perfect or near perfect. And so you get tied up. Um, you think that you lack uh, a certain kind of skill. And so you need to go like do stuff like watch videos and, and research that right to get unstuck. Uh, you think that you need a, a book about uh, web design ideas to get you unstuck. Uh, I think those are the kind of things that happen. Like, like yeah. why, why do you feel that way? Well, you feel that way because you're unsure of what to do next. If you were in a flow state and if you had complete confidence in what the story was, you'd be good to go. I think creatively, one good way to get unstuck is to allow yourself, um, first of all, to try and go a little easier on yourself. It, just in that sense of going like, well, is my scope for this maybe a little bit too grand, right? Maybe, maybe in, in this really does work for coding too. You know what I mean? Maybe before I try and make this entire thing work, I heard this great quote the other day. Someone said, shoot, I wish I could remember who said this. They said something like on Twitter, they said something like the problem with most code is when you try to do two things with one thing. Something like that. Does that make sense? Is that kind of a coding thing? Yeah, sure. I'll go with so, that. Well, I think I think it just it helps to understand. Like in that case, I mean it's like when I in the jokey early episodes where I would ask you impossible questions, you know? <laughs> about like how to open the profile in Rails or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like that can be a question thing. Like, am I really trying to do two things at once instead of one thing? Like, what is what is the essential nature of what I'm trying to do? Could I lessen the scope of this? Um, I think you can get unstuck by things like mind mapping or free writing. Uh, I think taking a walk helps me a lot. How do you get unstuck? I don't know. You don't get stuck. Mm. We've talked about this. I uh, I think you might be some kind of extremely advanced AI, some marginally advanced AI. <laughs> it's possible. Hmm. No, I, I I definitely used to get stuck. I think I think getting stuck can come from. You know, there's there's that aspect of creativity that you feel when you're when you're doing something that you like. And this is probably a really bad example, but uh, John Syracuse never gets stuck uh, when he's thinking about playing a, his favorite video game, which we all know this is, this is what he really wants to do. He wants to play video games. He's never going to say, I, I just, I, I don't know how to approach just playing this video game. I don't know how to, how do I do it? Do I just sit down? Do I, do I uh, read a book first about video games to get into playing this video game? No, he just right. plays. He of course he wants to play. He can't get home fast enough. He can't get those kids to bed fast enough. He can't, you know, he can't get his wife to 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 just sit down and read her book fast enough so he can get in there and play that game. Get in there and play that game. Mm-hmm. He's not. He never has a problem getting motivated to do that. If anything, there are things in his way. And I think I think that is reflective on the getting stuck. How often do you find that you get stuck 
when there's something that you're genuinely passionate about and that you, you really want to be able to do. Not the idea of it. Not the idea you're of... You're doing my bit, aren't you? You're doing my bit. No, what bit? Hmm. Of I totally saying, agree with you. I totally agree of, with of you. Saying, of you're... saying, like, like you know, you, you're, you write, but it's easy to get stuck when you write because the things that you often have to write or choose to write mm-hmm. are, are to, to make money are not necessarily the fun things that you might feel like writing. You have this concept in your mind. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the person of, of, you know, or maybe you're a musician and maybe you play an instrument and you're saying, I really want to work on this album, but you're maybe not feeling inspired or, or creative at the time because in your mind you have this image of, oh, I, I am a musician. I should be able to just write on demand or I should be able to do whatever. And uh, did, did we talk about this once with um, Tom Waits and how he would like get inspiration I don't think so. I, I wish we had because I can't remember um, uh, the exact quote, but it was, you know, there was a, a really, a really neat article. I'm actually Googling it right now because I can't remember it. Um, Try using plus. I'll use the plus symbol. Um, hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to find it, am I? Uh, but he taught, you know, he has a really cool approach to songwriting that you know he just goes and and kind of forces himself to go and and bust out a song and and rework it and take a break from it and come back to it and he's got all these things that he he likes to he likes to do that that helps him get unstuck and it's it's something that you wonder about because at some point the thing that you love doing can if you're lucky it can become the thing you get paid to do it can become the thing that that you know you make your money doing this thing that once was a hobby or once was just that thing that you loved to, you know, imagine John Syracuse just uh, sitting down in front of uh, whatever, an Xbox all day long. All that's all he has to do at some point. He plays, even, what is, it, is it call of LARPing? What's it called? I think it's, uh, uh, put on, you put on, you put on that, uh, you put on that Tom Cruise, Garth Brooks thing. It's legend it's, of LARPing is the name and it's of called, it. It's called a D D D controller. Mm-hmm. What's it called? They got D controller and it's call of LARPing mm-hmm. and you go in and, and you play, uh, you play a guy who thinks he's a paladin. Is that right? It's pronounced cleric. Oh, sorry. I'm going to be over here resting for the next couple of rounds. So he, uh, you know, all of a sudden, even him, even him, he's gonna, he's gonna get stuck. He's, I don't, you know, I don't want to play this other game. I've been playing games, you know, twenty hours a day for the last six months, and I, you know, now maybe I don't want to do it. And that's that's something I don't have the answer for. I don't know. Well, you, you, I you think just do it. Uh, you know what? You just it's, it's do a, it. Really, it's a terrible example, but an excellent it is. point. It's hard, the, a horrible um, example. So you said something though about blah blah blah. I write like sometimes I yeah. Well, sometimes I write, but like it's it's funny how um, at least for me, I don't get so stuck when I'm actually writing because if I were actually writing, I wouldn't be stuck. Like that sounds like a Yogi Berra thing, but it's it's kind of not. I mean, do you get you get runner's block? <laughs> not if you're running. Well, you only get running, runner's block if you're not running. Like, yeah. why are you not running? And in the case of getting unstuck, so like, like just talk about writing for a second, because uh, I'm terrible at it. Uh, is like, there's a difference between getting stuck while you're writing, um, and, and you know, let's let's even accept for a minute that writing can mean lots of different parts of the process of writing. But I think the bigger feeling of stuck people have is before they're writing, and I think that's where it's useful to to, to um, you know, well, there's there's, there's <sighs> This is one thing is we always end up talking about like all the thinking stuff. Like, and the thinking stuff is like, like you can't think your way into being a good skier. Like you can't think your way into being a good coder. As we've said innumerable times, 
uh, you know, you can't think your way out of a writer's block. I mean, the, the best way to get unstuck with anything is to just keep doing something, even if it's not the thing you think you should be doing. Because again, that could be some part of your brain going like, you know, you're writing, you don't really want to write this. But, but I mean, if you do know you want to write it or you have to write it just and you're having trouble getting started, I think it does help to narrow the scope, to lower the expectations and to just be really w- w- open to doing just a big dump. Because what you'll discover is after you write, start writing a lot, like over the years, you're going to be doing a lot of dumps. Like to get to the point where you are, to bring back your friend John Syracuse, like John Syracuse is a guy who sits down and I guess via Dragon Dictator or whatever, but he does his, he writes in order, yeah, right? Yeah. He, he, I'm sure he edits in little bits. Maybe he edits in order too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, most of us don't do that. And I, I, I don't know, let me give one like silly example that I, I think is it's emblematic of at least how I deal with this. Um, and, and I, I, you know what, uh, Richard A, if this didn't answer your question, tell us, and we'll do that in the next nine hour episode. But I, I honestly, like when I do all that BS and give you, give you crap about the notebooks and the pens and all the life hack stuff. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why I do that. But one of them is that your problem is not really tool choice most of the time. It isn't. Like if you have to have a giant website that doesn't break, then tool choice is really, really important on a variety of levels. You have to look at your, what, what do you call it, Dan? You call it your stack, right? Like, yeah, sure. Sure, stack. you got a stack. But the thing is, if you're really just tr- trying to sit down and, 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 and write, maybe it's a post for your pro blog. Maybe it's an essay. Maybe it's a short story or you know whatever it is you've got to write. And this, this does really go for everything. I, th- I think it... Um, I think the embarrassment of riches that we have in tools really, really works against us. Um, and the fact that I, I could write in TextMate or I could write in Mar- multi-markdown composer or I could write in ByWord or I could write in Scrivener or I could write in Google Docs. It sounds like I'm being, being silly, but I am not being silly. There are people who are thinking about that today. There are people who are thinking about that now. Should I be typing in this app or should I be typing in that app? And there's not a really great answer to that because you should just be typing. Um, uh, that, that is not nearly as reductive as it sounds. And, and in my case, um, as, as everybody who's ever heard anything I've done knows, like I'm not a great musician, I'm not a great singer, I'm not a great songwriter, but I love doing it. But um, I remember like when I, ta- when I interviewed Jonathan Colton a few years ago, when I very first met him and he was still <laughs> recording like in his daughter's room, like, <laughs> like, you know, he, when she wasn't taking a nap, that was his, that was like his studio. It was really hard, but it became a constraint that, that helped a lot. Right. I can imagine you know I mean? that, you know, wanting to, wanting to get in there, having the limited amount of time, knowing that it's, it's a disruption for other people. And it, it's almost like right. you, you are balling up your creativity in a way. Well, and I've talked to Roderick about this. You know, John's, John's got a, a, a newish kid. And a, a, as a fellow slacker and uh, procrastinator, it's, it's, uh, I won't, don't want to speak too much for him, but you've gotten this, Dan. It, it changes. When you, go, when you go like, A, I know I've only got so much time to do this thing, and B, I may not even have that much time, it gives you, I don't want to say focus, but it, it does, first of all, you have that constraint of time. And I'm not even talking about deadlines. I'm just saying that, you know, if the baby might wake up from a nap at some point in a few minutes, well, I better get going on this. Right. You know, I think there's sometimes when we try to add these constraints artificially, like all these people are so, they're super, so in love with these things that turn off your router or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. If that is working for you, fantastic. But I mean, to me, that's the kind of artificial constraint that deepens the problem that you're having 
rather than augmenting a solution that's sane. Like I think, I mean, I think the idea of taking like a field notes book <clears throat> or taking a stenographer's pad or whatever, but taking like a paper thing and a pen thing and going somewhere. Yes, you could do it on your iPhone, but I could do it in 10 different apps on my iPhone. But if all I've got is a piece of paper, I'm going to have to do stuff with the piece of paper. The, the example I want to give, and this is, I, I feel silly bringing this up because I'm not trying to make myself out to be like an artist or something, but I love making music. Uh, like when Dan was away, like we made little, I made little jingles, you know, for, for MailChimp. And I just love doing stuff in GarageBand. And GarageBand for iPad and GarageBand now for iPhone, yeah. um, uh, blow my mind. Um, because, you know, back to that Colton interview, you talk about like, oh, you got to get into it. You got to get into it. Well, you got to get ready and you got to get your tools, you know? And in your case, maybe, oh, you got to get your writing environment all distraction-free and all the ways you want to be. Well, like if you're a musician, you also got to go plug in a bunch of stuff. You got to make sure all this stuff is in tune. You've got to like, and then you got to sit there. Okay, time to write a song. And you know, like talk about being stuck. Yeah. It's like you sit there and then, and that's when you start going, okay, well, maybe I need a different guitar. Maybe I should add this uh, bit cruncher pedal or whatever. I put this garage band on my iPhone and started dicking around with it. And like, I, first of all, I haven't had this kind of fun in a really long time. And maybe since the iPad version of garage band, but you know, it's incredibly limited <laughs> in some ways. There's only so many, you know, and my, the projects that I'm trying to do as my own little funny constraint is, to the extent possible, I'm trying to use only like stock instruments, stock like strums and patterns and all that. I'm just trying to see like what I can make out of the ingredients that are already in the cabinet. And it has made me so much more creative. It, you know what I mean? All yeah. these years I've had, I have all kinds of stuff. I got this big pile. I got this big Mackie mixer. I got this USB thing here. I got this guitar. I got all this stuff and I never plug it in. I never plug it in because then what? But if I'm sitting there and I've read all my Insta paper, I can pull out my phone and go in and like start dicking around, like writing a song on my iPhone. Now, this sounds crazy, but like I'm doing more of this stuff now than I've done for years, even though the tools have been at my disposal the whole time. Now, if you said to me, hey, Merlin, do you want to go write a song? And then like, oh, well, what studio should we do that with? Like, you know what, when you're, when you, Force yourself into a situation where your options are limited. Um, see what comes out. Because maybe, maybe the reason nothing is coming out is because you're focusing more on all of these options than you are on what's really there. And if you put something out, you know, like the other day I started, I made this joke with Daniel Jockett a long time ago that I wish they'd add three, four time to uh, GarageBand so I could do these Elliott Smith songs. And they finally did that. So as a, as a, as a joke, I started doing one of my favorite Elliott Smith songs in uh, a garage band, but the chords were so complicated, it didn't work. Mm. So I hit a wall with that constraint. And then I said, oh, but there's this other Elliott Smith song I think I could do, even though it's in 4-4 time, and I started doing that. And so I, anyway, I posted that, that little, like one little four major thing that I'd been messing around with, but I made an, I made an eight track song on my phone I thought I was starting out doing it because I wanted to play with three, four time. I wasn't positive it had to be Elliot Smith, but then I made a thing. And like, it, if I took that from the angle most people take it from of like, there's all these million ways in the world I could do something, how should I do it? Well, if you make stuff, even if it's dumb stuff on your phone, even if it's dumb stuff in your notebook, like it'll tell you what to do next. You, you won't be stuck if you keep making stuff. 
it's that obsession on being stuck and rehearsing and re-rehearsing how stuck you are in something that I think tells your brain that, that nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You might have to, you know what, if you're having trouble writing, why don't you go dick around on your phone for a while? Yeah. Go make something else. But the most, the most productive time I ever had as a, as a writer was when I was writing Hive Logic every morning in the short time period I had after I was ready for work and before I had to leave for work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was, I was so, I wrote so much. I wrote so many great tutorials. I did stuff for a a list apart. I mean, it was, it was like, I look back at the time, like, man, I wrote something every day that was great. And it was yeah, all written I, in I this like crunch too, time. All, I, I've always loved the stuff you wrote for Hive Logic, and and when I had my game on with forty three folders, I felt exactly the same way. It was just the thing I did every day. Yeah, it was like I wrote something or I, I I linked to something. But here's the other funny part, and we should wrap up. We should. But um, but you know, um, we're always obviously if if we knew how to do something, we would need to ask questions about it. But but you know, a big part of this, I think, is is losing the fear and the anxiety about even having these questions about, about things like this and like going like, you know what? It's, it's, if I do this enough, the patterns will come to me. Um, so not, not to sound like, like gross or weird, but like to me, like mm, showers, peeing and falling asleep at night. That's the three times that I always think of the best stuff. Let's just say showers <laughs> and falling asleep. At night. Sure. But it's the time where I'm least thinking about, well, let me put it this way. If I sit down and I go, oh, time to write a book and it's 7, 10 p.m. and I sit down in front of the computer, I can just tell you personally, for me, 7, 10 p.m. sitting down in front of the computer is about the worst time in the oh, world yeah. for me to write. Terrible. Nothing good has ever come out of me. <laughs> I, I've said this before, but like if I'm going to write something, I will have started writing it before 8 a.m. 80% of the time. Yeah. If I'm going to write anything in a day, if I'm going to write anything in a day, uh, if it's not started before 10 a.m., there's maybe about a 3% chance that anything's going to get written. Mm. I've learned that about myself. Other people are different. Um, last night I was falling asleep uh, and I realized that I wanted to do, uh, I was listening to Hearts of Space, which is this really annoying NPR show. Uh, and I realized that I wanted to do a parody of uh, Hearts of Space for my NPR site. Like that was the last thing in the world that I was thinking about. But that's the kind of thing that I have learned. Like, And then that that went on a card as a thing that I do. Now, what does it have to do with being unstuck? Well, maybe you're stuck because you're not listening for the times when the really good ideas come. Because when you're extremely torqued up and when you're extremely anxious and when you're feeling really crappy about what you're capable of is the worst time in the world to do anything creative. So that's probably when you should stop. Also, pee more because that will give you a lot of ideas. Do you urinate at all, Dan? Um, I'm going to have to. I usually... um, have a jar and a pause button. Hi. Want to button this up? Yeah, we should wrap this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. <laughs>